0: hello good morning it's 8 27 it is thursday morning and i am making a podcast woohoo i know um i have recorded this episode three times three freaking times but today i think i've got it (laughs) down packed to where i'm gonna say the right things every time i record it i'm like ah too personal i'm scared but it's something I really do want to talk about and something I don't think I need to be ashamed of. I just am going to be cautious about how much detail I go into. Um, but I'm excited to talk about it. It's not an easy thing for me to talk about necessarily, but it's important and um, I have a lot to say. So, let's get into it. First, I have to tell you guys what coffee would drink. Oh, my God. First off, let me go on a little rant. I think I talked about this in my last episode or maybe it was <laughs> the fourth episode that I recorded and didn't publish. Um, but I have a Keurig that I usually use for my coffee in the morning and it broke. Last week, I don't even know what happened. I don't know, and I don't know how to figure it out, but it's just not working. So I was like, okay, that's amazing. Um I'm moving in less than 2 months, so I was like I'm not going to buy another coffee maker. Um but I have a French press, and so I was like, well, let's do that. Go back to the olden times. Um I've used it now 2 days in a row, and it tastes so bad. Like so bad it tastes like bean water which is what coffee is but it's not supposed to taste like that i don't know what's wrong but it tastes awful so i dumped it out i'm drinking a tea right now i haven't even had a sip of it yet let's let's have a sip it's a mixture of a vanilla chai and a um english breakfast tea mm. yum anyways um so yeah that's really unfortunate because i'm also having to spend more money on coffee so uh, i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do (laughs) anyways yeah other than that um let's get into the episode so today we i'm like drawing a blank i'm like what am i supposed to be talking about like what's going on i don't know uh (laughs) today i am talking about sobriety becoming sober being sober now how it looks for me when i recorded this i recorded this two separate times um before this one time was about a year ago or a little over a year ago and another time was about two months ago and it's funny because the things that I said in the episode like I was in such a good place with my sobriety when I recorded them and so I was like oh my god I just was basically talking about how great and easy it is for me now and how it took a while for me to get there but it's so you know I'm I'm doing great with it well I've actually had some struggles with it for the past month and a half um not so much like as of like super recently probably a month ago though And so I was like, you know what? Like, I literally recorded the second episode where I was, again, talking about how I was in such a great place with it, and I don't really crave anything or feel triggered by anything, Um, and then that all came crashing down, like, literally the next day, and so I was like, I cannot publish this because I am lying if I do, and so now that I kind of have that insight and that perspective of, like, this is definitely something that is still a struggle for me... um, I want to remake the episode, so that's where I am am here today, Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, uh, so if you didn't know, if you didn't know, I am completely sober, Um, and I have been sober from alcohol for two years, and October, November, December, January, February, March, wow, so five months, two years and five months, which is so awesome. Like, that's so awesome. Um, and I have been sober from everything for about a year and two months. I'm not going to go into detail about what that means, but there were other things involved other than just alcohol. Um, so we're going to leave it at that. (laughs) Um, and it has been such an interesting journey and an interesting thing in my life. And it's definitely changed who I am, but I like to believe for the better for the most part. So I kind of want to talk about, I guess, like, I'm going to go a little bit into my substance abuse issues and alcohol abuse, and that's kind of, you know, why I decided to get sober. I'm not going to go too far into detail because that's what I did last time, and then I got scared to post it, but um, I'm going to give you all a little backstory, and then we'll kind of move into what I've learned since then and experienced since becoming sober. I would say that um, I started drinking alcohol when I was 18, 17, so not like super early in life, but definitely illegal. (laughs) Um, uh, I was like a junior in high school. I don't remember how old I was. I think I was, I think I was 17. Yeah. I was 17. And, um, in the beginning it was very, it was healthy. Like it was a healthy, I had a healthy relationship with it. Alcohol is not healthy, but I had a healthy relationship with it. I was drinking with my friends. We would go to parties. We were just having fun doing whatever. Um, And it all changed when I came to college. That's when things really started getting bad and going downhill um, for a number of reasons. Uh, So, you know, one is that when you go to college, you have so much more freedom, right? You know, I was living with my sisters. So they were also 21, okay? Um, Or 22. I don't remember how old they were. Old enough. And, my parents weren't around and there's bars down the street from us. So, you know, you know, the typical freshmen are going out. Me and my friends are going out every weekend, you know, um, partying, living it up. And that was fun. It was so fun. I'm not even going to lie. I had a great time. So many funny memories, like so funny. Um, and at the time I was only drinking alcohol. That was the only substance in my life. Um, I had tried in the past but i didn't like them and so i was like let's just stick with this um and then kind of halfway through my freshman year first semester of college um is when other things started being introduced to me um and i was hesitant i was i was hanging out with some people who i'd known in high school but wasn't necessarily like super close with them. Um but we got we became closer when we all went to college together. We didn't even go to high school together. So we just knew each other through other people. Um and they were big smokers. And so I was like, Can I try it? And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm really trying to not <laughs> say the wrong things here <laughs> if you could tell. Um but <laughs> so I started getting into that and um that was not good at first again it was just kind of fun whatever playful times um but then the drinking and the others started becoming an everyday thing for me um Again, my, at all at the same time, I also like started going through some really hard things in that freshman year semester, like some trauma, some um, depression and anxiety was just really bad and I didn't really know what was going on, uh, but I was coping with it by using alcohol and um, I started drinking alone and I started drinking a lot alone every night um and i didn't know what i was doing to myself i did not know like i was just i just was just you know using it to deal with things um and it was just like it got to a point where every day for that whole like you know freshman year which also got cut because of covid which i'll talk about that a little bit but while i was at school for those months um it was like I looked, I looked forward to it every day. I wanted that every day. I was like, I cannot wait to have my wine at the end of the day. But what started out as one glass would turn quickly into four or five. um, And I was alone. And then I would get so upset, I would start crying. And like, (laughs) I have never been that type of a drunk person. When I would go out with my friends, I was like, so chill, so happy did not, I was just not emotional at all. Like I was just so, I was fun. I was fun. Um But when I was alone, it would make me so depressed, so upset. And I would just start crying and I didn't even know why. And the, it was an everyday thing for me. And I didn't really tell a lot of people about it because I was alone and it was kind of embarrassing. But again, at the same time, I didn't even realize what I was doing. Um And so... Then COVID happened and we all went home and I moved back home with my parents so the drinking didn't really happen anymore for me except for every now and then when I was with a friend but the other substance was happening every day. It was like I made a switch over to the other side (laughs) every day. Um, That was really bad for me. Really, really, really bad for me and It was the same thing where, I mean, times were tough for everyone during that time. So on top of it all, I'm, like, using a substance to cope with everything and developing a substance abuse problem, (laughs) like, just not okay. Um, But it was because life was so hard at that time. We're talking March through May of 2020, you know? Everyone's stuck at home. The world's shut down. can't see my friends. School is, like, so hard for no reason, and... On top of that, I was dealing with still like the stuff that I had endured while I was at school. I had been sexually assaulted in March of 2020 and depressed and suicidal and just like bringing all of that. It was just a lot. And I did not know how to cope with it. I couldn't go to therapy because COVID shut us down. Like it was awful. I had no way to cope. And so I'd been using, I just used what I had been using for months, you know, it just kept going and going and going. Um... And then, kind of over the summer of that year, summer of 2020, is when things got really bad for me. And I would say, throughout the entire year of 2020, I was so depressed. And I've, I used to have a blog, if you don't know, it's no longer existing, but I talked about that on my blog. My blog was me telling that story, but, um, Basically, just my freshman year of college just really sent me into a super deep depression. I went through so much stuff that year, and it was just really hard. Um, And so it was just one thing after another is what I'm trying to say. We're talking a snowball effect here of... Sorry, I need to drink my tea real quick. <laughs> Anyways, um, just I couldn't catch a break, and it just was everything was building up, you know, mentally, emotionally, I'm just dealing with so much stuff, but not even knowing how to deal with it. I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it. So I was holding so much of it inside, and just using alcohol and substances to cope with it. And it was just not okay. I started hanging out with gross, bad people. um, And my parents if you're wondering like they didn't know about any of this like i was a very good liar i was a very good sneaker outer if they listened to this right now they would absolutely murder me so i really hope they don't listen (laughs) but um my parents are great and they you know it's not like they're like negligent or anything but like i literally was just so good at being like bye and i would just go run off and They wouldn't even know that I was gone, but it was yet. We're not going to go into detail with that. Um, But I was just really hanging out with some bad influences and getting into some dangerous situations for sure. So as the months go on again, I didn't even care though. Like I just didn't even care about what I was doing because as the months go went on, you know, everything just kept getting worse and worse for me. That's how it felt. At least the depression was just like kicking my butt. Anxiety was so bad and I was just feeding it with this, you know, substance abuse and uh, just all I knew how to do. I didn't know what else to do. Um, and so it really reached an all time low. I realized that I was a binge drinker, um, there's a term for it, binge drinking, you know, it's what I had been doing for, you know, pretty much a year at that point, um, when we're talking, we're not, we're now in July 2020, okay, um, so when we got to that point, it had been a year of, like, me just binge drinking to deal with things, um, meaning that it wasn't just one glass of wine or two, we're not just drinking socially, we're drinking alone, and we're drinking seven glasses of wine at a time, not okay just not okay. Oh, sorry, I just burped. Um, and I was, it was just, just it's just so hard to explain. It was just such a weird time in my life. That summer, I did have a job in Lafayette. So, um, sorry, I'm drinking my tea again. Oh, I just like drank the string from the tea bag. Anyways, I had moved back home to Baton Rouge, but I had a job in Lafayette, and so I would kind of go back and forth, because I still had an apartment here in Lafayette, so I would go back and forth um, between both cities throughout the whole summer, Um, and that was fine, but when I was alone was when I was in Lafayette, Uh, and that's when I would kind of get into, that was when I was able to kind of, you know, start doing those things again. The drinking alone was just again, a thing for me. I don't even remember how I would get alcohol because I literally was not even 21. Like, I don't even know. I don't know how I did that, (laughs) but whatever. So, um, yeah. And in July, um, is when my binge drinking got really, really bad. And, um, the day that I had first decided like, okay, I really need to stop doing this was when I actually attempted to take my own life while I was drunk. Um, And that was in July of 2020. And I was completely alone in Lafayette. And it had been, I think I had just moved into a new apartment. So if you, if you like, I don't know, have been traumatized or anything, especially in your own home, Um, there's something really, it's very hard to live in the same place that you've experienced trauma. You know, it's, it's like, you're just triggered just by existing, you know? Um, and so I was really excited that I got to move out of the apartment I lived in my freshman year and into a new place my sophomore year. And my first night alone is when this happened. My first night alone in my new apartment. And I was so excited that, we were gonna have this fresh start and this, you know, I was getting away from that old apartment that had so many bad memories attached to it. Um, And I was starting fresh. And so when this happened, when I, you know, got to the lowest point of my life on the first time I was at the apartment, I was so upset. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to go into detail about that night either. But just know I had had literally eight glasses of wine because I just I couldn't get enough. And when I ran out, I just got, like, so upset amongst other things that were going on that night. Um, and, yeah, I ended up trying to K-I-L-L myself. Until um, so the next morning I woke up. Thank God. And I was like, okay, um, something needs to change, like something, this is not okay. And I had still, you know, I kind of, so I was like, okay, I'm going to step away from alcohol because this is just not okay. You know, like I am not doing well. This is really causing me to really hurt myself and in more ways than one. Um, and so I had, I had stepped away from alcohol a little bit, but Still, it was just I didn't know how else to cope. It was crazy because it was like the alcohol was making me feel worse about myself, but I didn't know how to cope with that feeling. So I would just drink even more. So it was literally just I mean, it was just bad. It was really bad. I was trying to like fix something with the thing that was actually harming me. Um, and then for a few months after that, um, I worked on really trying to make myself better mentally, like get myself to a better place. Um, and I did that by doing a lot of different things. I really got involved in my job that I was at at the time. Fuck them now, if you know you now. But I was <laughs> I was there, uh, really putting my heart and soul into my job that I had. Um, and that really did help me, you know, stay distracted from everything else I was dealing with, um, in a good way though. And so I was able to kind of like pull myself out of a depression by just focusing on myself again. Um, but I was still, still, <laughs> I was still struggling with, um, alcohol and substance abuse every day after I would, I would be at my job all day and be like, Oh, I love it here. And then I would go home and I would do it all over again, you know, the smoking, the drinking, all of it. And it was every night and I didn't even like it. Like I got to a point where I was like, I don't even like I don't like doing this, you know, like I'm bored. I'm alone. Like I'm I don't even like doing this. It makes me feel awful about myself. Um, and so I ended up stopping it. Um, and really, the last night that I drank was in October of 2020. And so uh, in July of 2020, like I said, I had had that really, really bad night um, where I did harm myself and fast forward to October and um, one night I had, I actually had COVID. That's the craziest thing. I actually had COVID when this happened and I was at home and my friend had given me alcohol to... I don't know, kind of as a joke of, like, you're stuck at home and with COVID, so, like, here you go. And I was nervous about it because, you know, I was trying to, like, fix my relationship with alcohol. And I was like, okay, here we go. Well, I got drunk on my own that night. And at first, it was fun. I was dancing. I was trying to have a good time, whatever. Um, but then... After I ran out of alcohol, um, I had the urge to harm myself again. And I i don't want to go too far into detail with this, um, but if you have dealt with self-harm or, um, you know, okay, in, in any way, really, and then mixed it with alcohol, like, they are very what's the word they kind of go together in a way (laughs) i don't know how to explain it but um you can get a the same kind of rush that you would get from being drunk or from smoking inhaling nicotine whatever it may be um you can feel that by harming yourself And I found myself having that urge to do that every time that I drank. Um, And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, I have a problem. And like, I can't be doing this anymore because I am really gonna, I'm really gonna make a mistake here. Um, And so I literally had a knife in my hand. I know that's so like, (laughs) sorry if that's like graphic, but literally had a knife in my hand and was like, I was able to talk myself out of it and be like no, put this down and we're going to bed. And I never drink again. Ever. And I really just realized like I don't know what it is because I had been feeling a lot less depressed and like my depression had really been going away. Um So I was just like, why did I still want to hurt myself? And I was just like, you know what, Hannah? Like, we have an addict, I have an addictive personality. That's what I really had to like understand um, and come to terms with. And on top of it all, because I have an addictive personality, I don't know how to cope with shit without being addicted to something and, you know, getting into those things. Um, and it was something that you don't, you don't learn that about yourself until you go through it. Like you don't know that you have an addictive personality until you catch yourself becoming addicted to everything you try. <laughs> like, hang on, tea time. So yeah, that was, that was the last I that I ever drank. And, um, never again. And then I did stop. When did I stop smoking? I stopped smoking then as well. But I did do it again, um, a couple of more times about six months later. I tried it again to see how I felt after being six months sober. And I didn't really care for it too much. And then I did it a little here and there for a little while. But now it's been a, like, full year since... I ever tried it and I didn't like it again. And I'm talking about smoking with that, but the alcohol I have not done since that night in October. <laughs> and so that's, that's leads me all to where I am today. It is, you know, March of 2023 now and I am doing all right. And so much has changed. So much has happened. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to get into, now that you have the backstory, I know it was kind of choppy all over the place, I'm sorry. It's just honestly hard for me to, like, share a lot of the details, obviously. And there really is a lot that goes into it, but it's just, I mean, I would be trauma dumping all day. And I do that on every episode, so I'm really trying to tone it down here. (laughs) So I'm not going to, I can't go too far into detail, but you get the gist of the timeline of me deciding to become sober. So now I'm going to talk about what happened after that. So, when I immediately became sober um, from everything in October of 2020, um, the reactions I got out of a lot of people were, were pretty similar. Um, most people were supportive. A lot of my friends, you know, I told them. Um, and something that I had realized also, which I feel like a lot of people can relate to, is that pretty much all... All of my friendships had become ones where we just drank all the time and partied all the time and smoked all the time. And, like, that was our friendship. And that doesn't mean that I didn't love them. Uh, I'm still friends with those people. It just being someone who was like, okay, I'm actually not going to do any of this anymore. And then you realize, okay, that's actually all we've ever done for a long time now. Um, That's how we have fun. And now I'm not doing that and not participating in that. That was a really hard transition for my friendships. Um, While my friends were supportive, you know, they were still going to go out, they were still going to drink and smoke and have fun and party. And um, it definitely created a lot of distance between me and my friends um and i had friends who i drank with and i had friends who i smoked with and and they were two separate people and groups but um it affected all of the friendships equally because i was no longer doing any of it and i think that was really really difficult actually i know that it was it was really difficult for me to navigate because you know i had to kind of not force myself, but allow myself to get to a place where I could be around it if I wanted to, you know, still hang out with them. And they were going out, you know, I just, the FOMO was real, you know, like I was like, okay, if I'm not drinking or doing this, then, and they're just going out to a bar all the time. Like, am I ever going to see them? You know, if I don't say like, yeah, I'll go to a bar with you. Like, are we ever going to hang out outside of that? And the answer was no, we never did. Um, And at the same time, like I said, I was really like throwing myself into my job and that really did help me um, stay sober when I started because I now had a distraction. I was just really taking care of myself and I was just working out all the time and spending a lot of time by myself, which was really beneficial. Um, And so it wasn't necessarily that my friends weren't like, it wasn't completely my friend's fault that we kind of drifted apart. Um, I also stepped away because I was like, well, I don't want to go out to a bar, you know? I don't want to go to a frat party. Um, And at the time, that was just what we did. (laughs) We did school and we partied and that was it. And there really was no other form of us hanging out and socializing without alcohol and other things being present. Um, And so, yeah, and all at the same time, too, I was just really getting into my job at the time and and really focusing on myself. So, yeah, but that was really difficult to navigate. Um, My best friend at the time, uh, we had gotten into quite a few deeper conversations about it. Um, And what I will say is that people tend to think that as someone who became sober, um, I feel like a lot of my friends and people I meet and become friends with kind of have this view that I will judge them for drinking and I will judge them for smoking and doing whatever. And the truth is I don't. I don't judge them because I used to do that. And I definitely had a time in my life where I loved participating in those things and it was so fun and I loved you know being someone who had fun with those things of course and I don't forget that and I have so many amazing funny funny memories um and I don't pretend like those things didn't happen and like I didn't ever have a good time with alcohol and other things. Um, However, it's not judgment. But what I will say is that when you become sober, you really start to see things a lot differently. You start to see, I don't know, you just gain a new perspective, right? I gained a new perspective on my relationship with my the substances that I had been relying on for a long time it's kind of like a breakup you know like when you're in a breakup or when you're in a relationship and you're like super in love with someone and you're spending every single day with them and then you break up and you realize what you don't have anymore or you realize how dependent you are on that person right like oh my god like your whole identity you know became based around your relationship with that person and you didn't even realize it. And now that person's gone and you kind of have to rebuild, you know, who am I? And maybe some of the friends that you made were friends of your ex. So now you don't have those people in your life anymore, right? And it's just, it's a weird thing, but that's like the perfect way to think about it is a relationship with another person and then you break up and you kind of, you don't realize what you had or you don't realize how connected and how reliant you were on that person until you break up and you gain a new perspective when you're all alone and you don't have that person anymore and you're like, oh, wow, like what the hell do I do now? So that's kind of how it was with alcohol. It was like after stopping it, I realized how big of a role it had played in my life and how many things I had done while being drunk, while being intoxicated, like things that I would have never done sober, And things that I had only done drunk. (laughs) Um, I don't want to go into detail about that. But um, how do I say this? Because I feel like it is kind of important. Um, Not to get too uh, personal and too scandalous. But my physical intimacy with people. uh, By the time I had gotten sober. Every encounter I had with someone before that I was drunk every single one every single one not once had I ever been sober and I didn't even realize that I did not even realize that and it was so insane to me when I was like holy shit like that's weird (laughs) like that's just weird and I don't like that and again, it's not something that I've even thought about or realized in the moment. I was just going about my life, drinking, partying, and then doing whatever I wanted to do after that with whoever I wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, it was just in the moment and just an everyday thing for me. And then, you know, you look back and you're like, oh my God, like, (laughs) that's sad. So anyways. Dealing with that has also been kind of hard because I never want my friends now or my friends at the time to think that I'm judging them. It's just obviously there's this disconnect between us now because I'm cutting out something that was really, really big in our friendship and a big way for us to connect. And I'm saying, never mind, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so we have to figure out how can we still be friends without alcohol and weed and whatever being a thing. And that was difficult and I don't think that I had enough honest conversations with people when I was going through that um I don't know why I didn't because I definitely like had the thoughts I just didn't talk about it with them um it was easier for me to just kind of break away and do my own thing for a moment which was again like I said something that was important for me at the time to just sit down and focus on myself I am watching my cat like oh He's like biting his toe so hard right now. Okay. So weird. Duke. Jesus. Oh my god. <gasps> Sorry y'all. He's like literally munching on it. Like what is happening? Like? Ow. <laughs> anyway. Um yeah. So that was the first thing that was really difficult. Secondly, my family didn't know anything. They had no idea that I even drank. I think that they like probably knew, of course, but it was never talked about. My mom is like very much like, don't drink ever. And I always wanted them to think that I was so good and so responsible and I wasn't doing those things. And so I lied a lot. I lied so much in high school and in the beginning of college so much lying. Um, but I... Oh, sorry. I um. eventually had to tell them. I'm not even, like, emotional. I'm just, like, forgetting what I'm saying. I know it sounds like I'm probably, like, crying. I'm not. I'm just, like, losing my train of thought. But sorry. It's early. It's 9 a.m. I literally never make podcasts in the morning, and this is why. Because I, like, am just not... I just can't focus okay anyways yes so telling my family and hiding this big struggle of mine from them was also something that was so hard because even though I was sober now it was like okay now it's not necessarily a problem per se but it has been such a big problem for me for so long now and they have no idea and they have no idea that I'm like being like that I became sober from it And, um, I actually didn't even tell them until the summer of 2021, which was a year after, you know, I was really in the thick of everything. Um, and maybe I should have told them sooner, but I don't think so. I think that it was, I think it was okay. I was so nervous to tell them, like so freaking nervous. Um, but truthfully... What had happened when I when I decided to tell them was one, I came out with my blog, and let me let me backtrack a little bit. Let me tell you something else. Let me okay. I had to restart the clip. What I was gonna say is that something I've realized that's really important for me to talk about before I get into all those other little stories and details is that day to day, I'm I can be sober, you know, like in general being sober is, is not hard for me. Um, but what I've realized since making that choice is that anytime something goes wrong in my life, it is immediate. Like I immediately am triggered to go right back to everything. I'm like, I need a drink. I need a joint. I need something like it's so as soon as something goes wrong my mind instantly goes there and that's not okay (laughs) and I it takes a lot of brain power it takes a lot of willpower and doing anything else that I possibly can to get through those feelings and to get through those urges and those cravings um it's really hard it's really hard and that's what I was experiencing a month ago and that's why I'm making this episode today because it's something that I I actually hadn't experienced that in a while because for a while my life was totally fine about a month ago I went through a big life change and the day after it happened immediately I was like oh god like I can I need something you know and like in a way it's like even if i don't now now physically i do crave it like physically i am like yes i want this like yes i i need this but also it's kind of a weird mental game where i'll be honest like sometimes i'll just think like how do i say this like it's like what i'm supposed to do in a way it's like oh well something just went bad so i'm actually supposed to relapse cuz that's what people do they relapse when you know something goes bad and you have these cravings. So I think I'm supposed to act on it so that it becomes a little more dramatic. And you know, that's just what is supposed to happen. No, no, that I I don't even know. Intrusive thought. I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know why I think that. And I really, I don't think I'm alone in that. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um, but I've given into that thought in the past. Um, and not this time though, but let me backtrack a little bit coming off of what I just said talking about when things go wrong and you become triggered so in May of 2021 by that point I had been completely sober for six months um actually over that eight months a while um and that was really good I was doing great and then my life fell apart and I've talked about it before um I was sexually assaulted by a co-worker at that job that I loved so much uh and then ended up quitting and just being so traumatized by my boss from there. It was just a whole mess. Um, And when all of that happened, my life literally got flipped upside down. Like, first off, I was traumatized on so many different levels uh, by so many different people. For so many reasons. And third, like it was just a huge life change because this was a job that I like poured my heart and soul into. And then I left it, which I just like would never have imagined, but I had to do it. And then the terms that I had to leave it on were just so unexpected, so hard to deal with, so so awful. And That was so hard, and it was, like, the first thing that the first big life change, the first thing of, like, shit's hitting the fan, and my sobriety was triggered by that, 100%. I was like, okay, well, you know, fuck it, you know, like, who cares anymore, and I'm feeling so awful, I'm literally traumatized, and it was just i was having so many things being triggered you know from my past and other things that i'd gone through and it was happening all again and then on top of it it's like i'm dealing with these physical triggerings and then now i'm triggered by you know i want to drink again and i want to smoke again because now this is going wrong so i i need to do that and i gave in i didn't drink i did the other um and i tried it again and uh I wasn't happy about that. I was really upset about that because I was like, God, like I, I tried to forgive myself. I tried to be really nice and I I'm over it now. But at the time I was really, really upset with myself about it and I was just like, I I tried to remind myself like Hannah, we spent six months here being totally fine with being sober. Like, yeah, there were some hard days and some hard tricky situations to navigate, um, you know, between your friends and such, but overall, like, it wasn't really a problem for me. But it was as soon as that thing was taken away from me, it was difficult. Um and that was that was a really hard thing for me to face. Um, and I was in therapy at the time, you know, talking about it, which really helped me kind of work through that. And that that just really added a lot of more anger into the situation with what happened at that job, because I was like, okay, first off, you assault me. Second, you traumatize me. Third, you're just... Again, you traumatized me. Um, fourth. Now I'm like breaking my sobriety and like I did put some blame on them. Not even gonna lie. Like I was like, this wouldn't be happening if you wouldn't have done this to me. Um <laughs> But it's not funny, but I'm just laughing because I'm nervous. But anyways, after that happened, um I actually really struggled with my sobriety that whole summer after. Um I wanted to go back to those things so badly so badly but I knew I couldn't I knew it would have been stupid and I knew that I couldn't trust myself with those things again I just knew that my body just doesn't work like other people's my mind isn't like other people's and I just cannot try it because I know that if I just try it it'll it'll just turn into so much more um And on top of that, I'll probably hate myself for doing that. And so I really struggled. And I actually have a cousin who has also struggled with addiction and um, substance abuse and such. And so I actually reached out to him. And I was like, hey, I need help. You know, like, no, again, I hadn't talked to anyone in my family about it. Um, And so I was like, I... I need someone who understands, you know, no one around me was sober. No one around me, you know, was dealing with these things and no one around me knew that I was dealing with them, but he did. And so I told him and we talked about it and that made me feel so much better. And then about a week later, I actually ended up going to an AA meeting with him. (laughs) Um, Alcoholics Anonymous, okay. It was the first and only one I ever went to. Um, And... It was so crazy. It was a very, very interesting experience for me. At the time, like, that's what I needed. That's what I really needed. I needed to know that I wasn't alone. I needed to know that there were other people out there who struggled and who were fighting addictions and fighting these cravings. And literally, it's a war. It's a battle between yourself and yourself, you know? It's really hard to tell your brain, no, we are actually not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that over and over again. It's, it's a really hard thing to keep yourself on track with. And again, the people that I was really close to at the time were in like full-blown substance issues. Like I'm not even kidding. So it was just really hard because I really didn't have anyone around me helping me it was all on me. And so going to that meeting, even though I only went to the one, it was really nice to know that I wasn't alone and to just be in a room of people who could support me and who did understand. And I think I had literally the least um what's the word, the smallest addiction there, but like these were some hefty users and such in the place. Um And so a part of me didn't really feel like I necessarily belonged there because I would not call myself an alcoholic. I say that I struggle with alcohol abuse. um, But it was never, you know, to the point of calling myself an alcoholic, I would say. But it was just, you know, being in a room of people who could understand was really, really good for me. And that was actually the next day when I told my mom everything I was like hey girl (laughs) I've actually been dealing with this for a long time and I'm really scared to tell you because I'm really afraid that you're gonna hate me but I'm now sober and also I went to AA yesterday for the first time and she was shocked I think but she was also so nice handled it so well I was so grateful because I just didn't really know what to expect um but she really handled it so well which was so helpful um and then after that I ended up Uh, talking to my dad about it a little bit and then at the same time this is where we're kind of backtracking I had also started my blog at the same time May of 2021 back when everything was happening at the job, and then everything after that, and every, you know, all these, all these issues, I'm, like, starting this blog, and I'm, like, telling stories about the shit that I've been through while I'm actively going through so much, which was also really, really, really hard for me. The timing was just really bad, um, and so as I started posting publicly on the internet that I had struggled with these things, and I did say on the, on my blog that, you know, I had dealt with alcohol and substance abuse, and, That's why I ultimately kind of had to tell my parents because I didn't really want them to just read it on the Internet. Um, And they were pretty understanding and stuff. Um, And, you know, I actually had family members come out and say that they dealt with similar things. And, you know, that was really good. I got a lot of support from it. Um, But it was still a really hard time in my life. Those few months of summer of 2021 was a very... Challenging time for me to deal with. Hi everyone, it's later in the day. I paused the podcast to ask on Instagram if anyone had questions um, for me about sobriety um, because I just truly didn't really know. I don't know. I it's too it was too early for me to make a full episode this morning. But we're back. It's six thirty p.m. and I got some questions to answer, which um, I just didn't really know what you guys wanted to hear about it, but. These are literally all from my friend, Catherine. Shout out to you, Catherine. Um, The first question, (laughs) does it hurt? Um, I don't know what that means, but I did already talk about that, how sometimes it does hurt. And in the past, it has hurt. Second, we have quitting a weed. Um, (laughs) So again, I'm not going to criminalize, incriminate, what's the word? Myself. But that is something that I did participate in at one point in time in my life um and it was something that was an issue for me and I actually realized that when I stopped doing that my anxiety got a lot better because it's actually been proven for a lot of people that it actually makes it worse like it makes your anxiety worse when you're not using it um because a lot of people tend to think well no it calms me down and it chills me out and it makes me feel good and it does in the moment when you're high but your body your brain interacts with the chemicals from it in a way that when you don't have it your your anxiety increases and so it's actually a very it can be a very negative cycle where you think kind of like with the alcohol for me kind of how you think that you need it because when you don't have it you're really anxious but it's actually the thing that's increasing it because I didn't understand that for a while when I would hear that it actually makes your anxiety worse I was like no like I feel great when I'm doing that Um, but it's actually when you're not high when you're not using it is when your anxiety levels will actually increase and it took a while for my body to readjust but i actually felt so much better physically when i stopped doing that every day um i had a lot more energy and i always felt very like puffy and like swollen in a way and um that all went away and i my skin got better and just all around i felt a lot cleaner and healthier and clearer on the inside and don't get me wrong it's a fun time but um definitely had a lot less anxiety and just started to feel clearer in my mind and in my body overall. Uh, The second question that Catherine asked is quitting nick, (laughs) as in quitting nicotine. I also did vape. Yep, that was me. Um, I vaped for two whole years, which is crazy, Um, because I vaped from the years of 2018 to 2020, and I... Stopped on January 4th of 2020, and I've never done it since then. Um, well, I've never vaped since then, but I have had nicotine. Okay, I did smoke a little ciggy when I went to Italy and a couple of other times, but <laughs> whatever that doesn't count. <laughs> I've not vaped though since then. Um, so it's been three years now, which is so crazy, but honestly. I can probably count on my hand, there have probably been two times since then that I actually was like, oh, I want to go back to it. It is so rare. I think that quitting nicotine was very, I know that it was very difficult for me to do. I had tried so many times before I ever actually did it, Um, but I really just realized that it wasn't going to happen until I actually wanted it to happen. And that goes with a lot of things in life. Um, But I finally got to a point where I was like, I literally don't want to do this anymore. I don't enjoy vaping. Like, I just did not like it. I I felt gross. I felt, it was so annoying how that also increased my anxiety to where, like, I felt like I needed it. And, like, I would wake up and it would be, like, the first thing on my mind. I just could not wait to take that hit in the morning and feel that morning nicotine rush I don't even remember what what the kids call it anymore um oh my god oh, my cat is like scrunched up like a newborn baby with his little toes it's so cute okay <laughs> anyways um and so I I hated feeling that like waking up and like feeling so anxious until I had that in my system was just so not good so it was really nice and truthfully like it's like a turnoff for me now like I don't know I just like I don't get why someone would choose to do it like anyone that I know that does it usually they like don't actually enjoy it they just they want to quit but it's like really hard to and I'm really grateful that I was able to because it was not easy like I'm not gonna lie it wasn't like I could just like flip a switch um it took many tries and then by that last time when I was like finally at a point where I just was so over it i that time, it was kind of easy, but I tried so many times before, but you just have to, like, genuinely want to be done with it, and I never looked back. I never did it again, and yeah, I believe that anyone can do it. Um, You just have to have willpower, and over time like it will get so much easier and like you literally won't crave it or anything like it's and in my opinion I'm like I'd rather just smoke a cigarette (laughs) like because at least you know what's happening from it vapes kind of freaked me out too because like in that time when I decided to quit was when everyone was like literally dying from them and I was like okay well this is alarming um I didn't know what was true and what was not but um at least with cigarettes like you know that you're gonna get cancer from it so might as well do it right i'm just kidding that's not good advice but you get my point okay and then the next question (laughs) Catherine asked me is will you be sober forever i actually love this question because i don't know um i've definitely thought about this a lot and sobriety for me um it's just become a big part of me now and i have a love-hate relationship with that i really do um It's so crazy because for a while, my drinking and my partying personality was kind of who defined me, you know? And I think that's what's so interesting about life in general. It's just like we get to choose who we present ourselves as in front of different groups of people, right? And so for the people that I was always partying with and and people that I would meet at a bar when I was drunk, you know, that's how they see me. That's how they know me. That's the version of me that they know. Um, But there was so much more to me, and I think that after becoming sober, all those other parts of me, that's all you get, you know? Like, you get the real authentic me. You're not getting the drunk me. You're not getting the high me. You're not getting the cross me. You're getting me. And that's just it. And um, I love being sober. I really do. Um, I love a lot of things about it. Um, Some of the things that I love are the 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 fact that I'm able to stay present in reality is what I really love. Um, I don't know how else to say it, but it's like when you're drunk or when you're high, you're you're not you're not in reality. You're really not. You're in a different place, in a different state of mind, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. But I realized through time and like through trying out. Again, you know, and seeing how I felt about it after you know quitting it for a little while, I realized how much I really enjoyed being able to like be fully aware of what was actually going on in the world in front of me rather than being in that altered state of mind like you are literally your perception of reality is altered when you are intoxicated in any form um, and I have really grown to just love being able to feel everything and, like, see everything and be aware of my surroundings and be aware of what's going on around me and just feel things, you know? Um, yeah, I, I love that part about it. I love just really being fully aware and fully checked into the real, the realness, like, being in reality, you know? And secondly, I love the accountability that comes with being sober. Um I love that I can't blame my actions on being drunk, or being high, or, or being intoxicated in, in any way, um, my actions are things that I, I do on my own, you know, um, a lot of people talk about liquid courage, and that whole thing, and I used to be someone who would do the same thing, and I actually had a therapist one time tell me that she didn't think that was real, and I, I do disagree with her, because I have thought about that a lot, like, is that even real, I think it is real, I think it is real, um, being drunk, even if you, a lot of people will say that like they do things while they're drunk and they're like, oh my God, like, I don't know, like if they like kissed a boy in the bar or something, and they're like, oh my God, like I did not mean to do that. I don't know why I did that. Like, okay, you did. You did mean to do that. You know, you probably wanted to do that, but just like being drunk helped you not be so stressed out about it and just go up and do it. You know what I mean? And like not really care about consequences about things. Or, you know, really think about the fact that you're kissing a stranger, you know, like that's just a very small example, but um, I do think the heavy liquid courage is a real thing, but while that is kind of a benefit, because <laughs> I, you know, like it's very hard for me to, t- I honestly, like if you know me, like I'm, I'm a pretty extroverted person, however, I'm very, very introverted around new people, and I am not the type of extroverted person who will go up to someone and say like, hey, I want to be your friend. Like it's going to take like you're going to have to initiate the conversation and then I'm going to open up. That's really how I am. Um, and so being drunk, it's like <laughs> I, I was kind of the one who could go up and initiate conversations with random people, um, whereas now. I have to have a little more courage. I have to have a little more confidence and um, force myself to like do those things fully sober and fully aware and fully feeling all the feelings and feeling all the anxiety and stuff. And that's, you could look at it as a downside, but again, it's kind of just being in that reality, that real state of this is a nerve wracking experience and that's okay and I can do it sober, you know, and I think that that's the other thing is, um, when you finally like start to do things that you used to only do drunk and then you start to do them sober, you really open up a new world for yourself and a new power in yourself. Um, like I said earlier, there were things that I had only ever done in my life drunk. And when I started doing them sober and realizing, Hey, I actually don't need to, you know, chug a bottle of wine before I do this or before I go to this event, or before I talk to this person, like, you just gain so much more confidence in yourself. You don't need an outside substance to help you do things, you know? Um, and I'm I'm pretty passionate about that. I think, like, also, like, Adderall abuse is something that I really don't like. I've never taken Adderall in my life, um, and I truly don't believe that anyone should take it unless it's prescribed to them for... You know, a disability, a learning disability, ADHD, whatever it may be, but this trend of like I'm gonna pop an Addy so I can like take a test. I just don't like that personally. I think that that's like such an unhealthy promotion of, I don't know. It's like of course you're gonna be nervous to take a test, but like no one else in the room is able to take an Adderall, so like why do you get to just pop a pill? I don't know. I just don't like it personally. I'm not going to get too far into that. But back to the question. Will I stay sober forever? Um, From alcohol, probably yes. I have no desire to drink alcohol. I think it's gross now. Like, I mean, I've never tried it again since I got sober, but I'm grossed out by the thought of it. Like, putting that – sorry if you hear that. My cat's playing in my blinds. He's obsessed with them recently. It's so annoying. But putting alcohol in my body just makes me cringe a little. Um, Now that I, like, realize, again, it's, like, that perspective thing. (laughs) Once you stop it, you're, like, wait, that's what I was doing. That's what I was drinking. Like, ooh, that's gross. Um, (laughs) Like, I'm just engrossed out by it now, personally. So, like, I couldn't drink it. But on top of that all, like I said, I love being fully aware of things. I love not being in an altered state of reality. I love being accountable for my actions and being able to hold other people accountable. I had some really, really, really unfortunate things happened that I was just really intoxicated in and um, some things that I blacked out and don't remember that put me in really, really dangerous and traumatic situations. And to this day, I don't remember them. And to this day, it's been very uncomfortable and very hard to deal with. And through that, I realized, you know, like there was so much gray area in those situations and you never know who to blame and you never know this and that and this and that and it's it's a whole mess um but at the end of it all i was so intoxicated with these situations that happened and i you know i regret that not that what happened was my fault necessarily but the fact that i can't remember anything the fact that um i just was a whole different person Um, when things were happening around me and to me that I just wasn't really conscious of, you know, I love that now being sober, I would never allow myself to get into a position like that. Um, and I would have the ability to be fully aware of what was happening to me and to my body and all that stuff. Um, and so it's kind of a safer place for me to be. And, um, as for completely sober, um, I don't really know. I have definitely considered, you know, being a little, um, Mary Jane grandma sitting on the beach when I'm retired. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and not completely close it off to the idea of one day, um, dippling and dappling back into things, maybe when they're a little more legal. Um, and I'm never talking about hardcore drugs, guys. We're only talking about green grass. That's what we're talking about, okay? I'm really trying not to incriminate myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I'm talking about here. Um, <laughs> but as of right now, where I am right now, being two and a half years sober from alcohol and one year sober from everything, just I feel really good. And it definitely has been hard. Like I said, from last month, I really struggled with it. And I just had to eat a lot of chocolate. And like... I don't even know, work out a lot and just color, like, anything that could, like, stress relief was that, that was what I was doing, um, but, yeah, I don't know, I really just wanted to make this episode to kind of, like, shed light on this, and I feel like, one, I don't know anyone else who's sober other than, like, relatives, two, I feel like people don't really share publicly their journey to sobriety, and, what it looks like, especially for someone like me who did it so young. Like I was literally 20 years old when I got sober. I wasn't even legally allowed to be buying alcohol or drinking it. And I got sober because that's how bad I had been. You know, like I, I don't, I did leave this out of the episode, but I actually did get formally diagnosed by a psychiatrist with alcohol abuse. um, Also in 2020. Which was something I kind of already knew, but I did get a diagnosis for it, um, which kind of just kind of confirmed that, like, okay, I have a problem here. But anyways, yeah, it, it it was a crazy thing for me to be so young in making that decision, but I knew that I wasn't going down a good path with it, and it wasn't going to be good for me, and I was just really harming myself in so many ways. Um, and I'm really grateful that I made that choice and that I, you know, never have gone back to it so far um, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's always easy. It's really not. And I went through a year of everything was fine. I really wasn't worried about it. But as soon as a big life change happens or something, especially a scary life change, you know, a bad, bad, I put quotation marks around bad because, you know, who knows, but a sad moment, whatever it may be, it is definitely triggering in my mind. will definitely go to how do we cope with this? And it will go to those unhealthy addictive coping mechanisms and and that sucks and i 'm not sure that that will ever go away for me, um, maybe with time and just you know adding on to those years of sobriety it will, but um i 'm not sure, and it just takes a lot of strength and a lot of willpower every time those feelings do come in for me to say no we 're not going to do that um, and you know now my life looks like drinking kombucha <laughs> and Um, you know, having a sparkling water with juice in it and so many mocktails, so many mocktails. Um, I'll, I've been recently going out with friends again and we've gone to bars and I have to be in a good headspace for it. Bars are triggering for so many reasons, (laughs) but, um, I'm just to make sure that I'm in a good headspace and with good people that I trust. And I want to have a good time and I want to be able to go out on the town and, socialize and have fun and not have you know substances in the way of that or feel like I can't do something because of that you know what I mean um it's weird for sure there have definitely been times you know I was in Italy and there was a lot of wine drinking and just alcohol everywhere and I was never really triggered to do it I actually thought about drinking again before I went to Italy because I was like oh my god I'm gonna be in Italy I have to drink wine while I'm there you know like if I'm gonna break my sobriety it's got to be in Italy right I actually did not once care about it and I'm so glad I didn't do that because like I said I did not care about it there was not one time where I was like oh I could really go for a glass of wine today like I would love that like I don't know I was really fine with it but it was more awkward um because you're in Italy and it's like who the hell is sober in Italy no one not a damn soul, except for the stupid ass, you know, 21 year old American girl is like, I'm so bad. Like, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let me not disrespect myself. I actually was disrespected by my school. Um, that's a whole nother story. I got like forced to attend a wine tasting. That was really awful. Um, but yeah, my point is I just have to be careful about the situations I put myself in, the environments I'm in, the people I'm around. And I'm very self-aware. Um, you kind of have to be when you, you know, struggle with this kind of thing. Um, especially when you're obviously trying to avoid a relapse or anything, because I will have to say, okay, my friend invited me to this party or, uh, this, you know, gr- this group hang out and they're going to be smoking. And a lot of the time I I can be around that and be fine. Um, but sometimes I'll have to say, I have to do a little check in and be like, okay, Hannah, how have we been doing with that recently? Is it something that we've been thinking about doing? Is it something that we've been you know craving? And has our mind said, okay, yeah, like maybe I could try that again, like, and if that's the case, then I would usually say no. I'm sorry, like I would love to hang out, but just not, not this week because it's just not going to be good for me, you know. And that sucks. It does suck a hundred percent because I have missed out on things like that before. But at the same time, like. I am it's just my way of taking care of myself and making sure that I stay in check and don't do something I will regret um and so yeah sometimes it can be awkward and you you know people are like okay you're sober and I honestly have not really ever really gotten hate for it necessarily like (laughs) no one's ever been like what is wrong with you or anything most people are general generally very you know just understanding and you know they won't really freak out or anything when I'm like yeah I'm sober um some people don't really take it seriously or haven't taken it seriously in my past, which sucks. But um, for the most part, I have a really good support system with it. And, you know, having my family on board with it now also really helps. Um, and I just I just know how to take care of myself with it, which I really like. And like I said, I definitely have days where I'm like, I need help with this or I'm really struggling with it. And that requires a little extra work. But um, I have learned some good decent coping mechanisms and coming out of that you know from a month ago and being where I am today like a month from then when I was dealing with those cravings and those thoughts and those you know temptations to go back into it just a month ago looking now I'm like I'm so glad I didn't because it was so temporary and I am I would have I would be in a I would be in a much worse place right now I think if I would have done that and um that's also something I have to be aware of is that I can easily tell myself, like, yeah, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. But I have to say, Hannah, why are we doing that? You know, is everything in our life okay right now? Are we happy and we're going to try it again? Or are we stressed out and anxious and sad and we want to try it again? Because if that's the case, then we're just falling right back into that coping problem, you know? I never want to go back to using a substance um and being intoxicated as a coping mechanism so that's another thing that I have to check in with myself is was my intention behind it if I were to ever try something out again because I did become sober very early it's it's a big commitment to say at 20 years old that you're never gonna drink or smoke or do anything ever again um it's a big commitment and so I've always kind of left myself pretty open to the idea of you know never say never with alcohol pretty much never I really have no desire to go back to that But, um, my point is, if I ever do have those times where I do consider it, I have to ask myself, you know, what is our intention with this, Hannah? Like, are we, like I said, are we happy and we're totally fine and, like, we're in a really good headspace or are we stressed out and something bad just happened and something scary just happened and now, because, yeah, I'm not going to repeat myself, but you get it. Um, (laughs) but anyways, I don't know, um. I hope all of this made sense. I'm sorry if I was all over the place, but I just wanted to share my experience, share what I know now, um, and pros and cons of it, you know, I feel like the pro the, the cons of being sober, they're so small. They're so, not many of them and all of them are really based more in like the insecurity and the judgment. Of things rather than it ever actually being bad for you. I don't think it can be bad for you to be sober. (laughs) Um, And there's so many pros. There's so many pros. And that's why I am sober still. You know, the pros outweigh the cons. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed. And, um, again, as always, you can always talk to me about thoughts, comments, questions, anything opinions um I'm always open to it and love to hear it so that's all I have for you today um if you're sober I'm so proud of you if you're working on being sober I'm so proud of you it's really hard and yeah also like if anyone wants to become sober or has thought about it or anything or struggles with it like totally hit me up because one i can offer advice Two, i want to feel not alone you want to feel not alone so we can be not alone together um and yeah love ya bye